Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Angel Protocol talks social impact with LOA Labs. Let's take a listen. Hey, Brian, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm just going to give it a few more minutes for some people to jump into the space, and we'll probably start at like 404. <laughs> for sure. Sounds good. In the meantime, Kasten, can you uh, fill us in on where you got that sick PFP? Well, Chauncey, I'm just so thrilled you asked. This sick PFP is from Coral Tribe, an ocean conservation-focused group over on Solana that is doing all sorts of fun stuff, sending money to coral reef restoration projects through their community, through refi opportunities, and uh, just through being good people, donating to good causes. So, uh, yeah, come get your own, man. I think I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'll hit you up after the spaces. Yes. Right on, right on. If you're ever interested in a PF, another PFP, you, if you want to know where Dave got his, he got his custom designed by Cinnamon at the Black Artist Foundation. Uh, mine is not very interesting. I just use Lensa AI. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Kasson, can you share the details of the link to that? Uh, in the in the chat for the for the thread here i might look that up 100 yeah i'll give the link to the project page and i'll give the link to the magic eden listing rad all right the room is filling up so i want to get started um it is recording so that's good um so any uh anyway thank you for joining me tonight um my name is amanda and i run the angel alliance as project manager and I coordinate with over 100 projects, mostly um, Web3 projects, who have expressed interest in pledging a percentage or amount to fund charities all over the world. So it's an honor um, of mine tonight to have amazing people up on the stage with me. Kasson Trenner, ocean activist, author, and conservationist. He also does charity relations at Angel Protocol. Um, Chauncey is the founder of Angel Protocol. Um, Brian, Director of Marketing and Ops at Loa Labs, and then Dave Fortson, uh, CEO of Loa Labs. So um, as we start today, can everyone uh, just come, go around and give the elevator pitch on what your protocol or platform seeks to offer its um, users? How about we start with uh, Brian? All right, cool. Well, then I'll do that on behalf of Loa Labs. Um, so Loa Labs is the uh, network growth partner for Better World Blockchains. Uh, we are trying to create the container for the most skilled humans in uh, marketing and product to uh, 10x Better World Blockchains. And Better World Blockchains is, you know, we spend a lot of time in the regenerative finance space at Loa Labs, uh, but we also look at things like the circular economy, universal basic income. Um, we've got uh, ESG, uh, supply chain transparency, uh, and we're looking at ways that blockchain can be applied for both Web2 uh, companies curious to move over, as well as Web3 protocols uh, to uh, expand their public goods as well as uh, their impact. Um, so uh, Dave and I both have a pretty long history in the impact space. Uh, Dave's been doing impact and climate since he was been a young man, so 25, 30 years. Uh, and I've been in the not-for-profit and cause-based space for the last 10 years in UX design, development, and product. Uh, and we came together uh, about seven months ago. Uh, I joined the Low Labs team. Low Labs is a bit older than that, about a year and a half old now. And um, yeah, we've worked with some really great organizations like Regen Network, uh, Gravity Bridge, and the Cosmos ecosystem, building public goods. 
Um, and we're looking forward to finding uh, new avenues and new protocols that we can engage with at the protocol level. Uh, and we also run a validator service. So for us, it's also uh, we're creating tools for independent, small independent validators like us to uh, to improve the protocols that we choose to validate for. Uh, and I think as of now, we're validating for 11 different chains all in the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, most of them are also public goods and impact focused. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Um, Dave, would you like to go next? Sure. Yeah, Dave Fortson, pleasure. Thanks for having us. Really grateful that Angel uh, Alliance and Angel Protocol agreed to have us on board. Um, uh, I think we actually met, uh, which was fun, uh, through another project, which we can dip into a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, my history is um, uh, I've been in the yeah, movement building space for uh, close to 30 years. Uh, since my teens, basically, I've just uh, one way or the other, I've designed uh, my professional uh, and passion experiences all in the same uh, uh, serial entrepreneur. Um, uh, worked a Web2 business for a number of years called Loacom that still exists. Give a shout out to Loacom um, that uh, worked very heavily in the in nonprofit uh, organizational space. Uh, we worked with foundations. Uh, we served on boards of directors. We helped run nonprofit back in sales, marketing, comms. And then uh, in 2017, I uh, got synced, uh, synced up with the Regen Network ecosystem around tokenizing natural capital assets. And really, our, uh, we saw the power of Web3 to tokenize uh, impact uh, and to help um, bring more value to public goods for the things that we often externalize economically and values-wise uh, and bring those into the fold of uh, core-level economic decision-making, but also, frankly, give them uh, the, give people the ability to um, to match their uh, values and their economics and their uh, money all in the same uh, in, in similar or closer uh, closer together closer equations, uh, which I think Web three has a really exciting ability to do. So, uh, but yes, uh, CEO of Low Labs, super stoked to be here. Love our team. The only other project I'll I'll just highlight, um, which I I don't think Brian touched on, is our, our Refi by South initiative, which is a project in the Global South uh, run by our pro uh, colleague Pranav Khanna that aims to um, uh, support the voices and the movements in the Global South that are often excluded from uh, conversations around climate uh, and frankly, most every power table of power um, and give them uh, a bigger platform and better resourcing. Um, that's an initiative that we've been, that we launched uh, this past year and are building uh, in coordination and uh, under the leadership of our colleagues in the global south. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for being, uh, for having us here. Appreciate it. I want to send a, a special thanks also to Loa for all your work uh, making our uh, sessions in Colombia a couple months ago now, as great as they were. Thank you so much for your support for that. Um, I found those really transformative and educational. It was great to meet everybody. So thanks for doing that. And then uh, I, I think I get to, I think I can speak for Chauncey here too. when I say how great it is to see Hero in the audience right now, uh, just OG contacts of Angel. You guys have been with us from the beginning. You went through the terror crash with us. You survived, you pivoted. You're doing amazing things. Thank you for being such great supporters and for all the quality you bring to the ecosystem. So, Kasten, why don't you introduce yourself as well and what you do with Angel? Sure. Yeah, my name is Kasten Trenner. I'm a career ocean conservationist. I've been working in this space for about 20 years. Uh, and over the last about three years, I've been almost entirely focused on this interstitial space between Web3 and real world impact. Um, so I work with a lot of different projects to help all of the innovation and philanthropic initiative and tech and just straight up drive and ingenuity in the Web3 space translate into the kind of impact and change that we want to see to make the world the place that we all want to live in together. Um, I'm fortunate enough to do a little bit of that with Angel, a, pro a platform that I really respect and really believe in. Most of what I do for Angel has to do with charity onboarding around uh, biodiversity groups, ocean conservation groups, uh, groups that work on rainforest issues and, and stuff like that. And uh, the real fun part comes when we're able to connect these charities that do such great work with the alliance members out there in the field that are looking to to uh, really actualize all their potential and their philanthropic impact and start to help support and build those relationships. 
Thanks, Kasten. And Chauncey. Uh, thank you. Um, so honored to be among so many uh, veterans of the field. Uh, I am the founder of Angel Protocol, along with many other amazing individuals. Uh, we started Angel Protocol in uh, May of 21 with a mission to democratize access to opportunity. Um, so I was working at GE for a while as a global program manager, uh, fell down the rabbit hole of you know DeFi and Web3, uh, saw all the ways that it could really level the playing field and open up opportunity, especially for organizations in emerging uh, markets. And yeah, um, really, it all just started with a tweet of who wants to help me build this protocol. Uh, the team came together in a hackathon. Uh, was blessed with you know amazingly passionate people with very very powerful backgrounds and nonprofit philanthropy uh, impact investing, uh, so we're able to take all that experience, craft what I think is a really intentional product that speaks to the issues that nonprofits face, and really try and move us towards a a new direction for philanthropy that um, really reimagines how that can work using the new coordination and value transfer technologies that Web three provides. Um, so yeah, uh, that is mine. I, I would speak to the Angel Alliance, but I'm going to let Amanda take that one. And lastly, um, my name's Amanda. And yeah, I head up the Angel Alliance. And what we are is a collective of um, over 100 and probably 10 by now, <laughs> um, Web3 projects who have pledged in some way to give back to charity, uh, whether it's an integration in their platform or a percentage of a mint or donating tokens. Um, and it's the pleasure of mine to be able to work with uh, like someone like Kasson, who's able to find those charities and we can connect both of those worlds. So um, we've seen like a really amazing stories over the past few months of projects who've given to charities and have built relationships and um, you know, get together on meetups and it's, it's just really beautiful to see. So, um, I love what I get to do at angel, especially with the Alliance. Um, we are 15 minutes in already. So I'm going to skip a, for a couple of our, my questions, but, um, I want to start with Dave for this question. So how are you specifically bridging the gap between web two businesses and web three technology? It's a good question and actually a very ripe one for us. Um, transparently, most of our business is, I guess, is centered on working with protocols. Uh, I'd say the neat part about our uh, focus at the moment and the folks we've been working with, um, you know, primarily in partnership. Actually, there's probably three three good examples. Actually, there's, there's a number. Um, Regen Network, uh, bringing um, uh, integrity, auditability, transparency, and governance to traditional voluntary carbon markets, um, you know, and making sure the land stewards around the world uh, get the resources and the um, governance power over the uh, over the the uh, ecological assets assets that they're stewarding. Uh, this is a huge uh, opportunity for a lot of small small land uh, holders around the world that uh, manage our global lands. Uh, gives you an example there. Uh, we we're just finishing up a project with um, Althea or uh, Althea um, that is bringing um, microtransactions and uh, liquid infrastructure to communities. Ex you know, expanding the ISP services um, out into the places that don't get served by big telecom, um, and utilizing blockchain for uh, microtransactions and um, uh, payments, which has been an interesting space. Uh, blockchain uh, times climate leadership network. A really interesting endeavor to bring interoperability standards uh, uh, across multiple chains um, uh, designed to create a more easy flow uh, of language, of business uh, relationships, of tokens, of, of ecological assets across multiple chains and between chains and Web2 uh, companies who are looking to engage uh, uh, Web3 technology to, to reach their ESG goals. And then I'll say just another example, um, uh, just you know, that ties into this. We're working. Uh, we were speaking with a nonprofit earlier today that's utilizing NFTs um, as a fundraising tool, where um, this NF this uh, organization has um, uh, is a nonprofit uh, ecological foundation that um, has actually a number of products being generated on their land, 
and they're going to use uh, their thousand acres to um, to re be represented in a thousand NFTs to create a social club uh, for exclusive access to their products and build uh, uh, better relationships at the donor and funder level between um, between these uh, NFT holders and uh, and the organization and the land that they're stewarding. Um, so those are just a few that I can like quickly call out. Um, where again, it, it's I'd say primarily primarily been uh, driven by the protocols uh, wanting to utilize Web3 technology to improve um, uh, the representation of assets, rep uh, governance, influence, uh, and I just say connection into Web2 systems that either are opaque, um, broken, or unjust um, in a lot of ways. Uh, so that that it's been exciting. Although you know, I'd say you know what we've been talking about for the past few weeks is how we uh, actually start searching uh, Web two companies that are looking to move into Web three, uh, particularly you know obviously impact focused uh, NGOs institutions that are looking for a trusted hand in uh, bringing them into Web three. And uh, you know, navigating a still very uh, complex, uh, you know, very uh, d domain specific space that um, is quite intimidating and um, inaccessible for uh, you know regular folks who aren't technologists. So uh, I'll stop there and just see if that uh, moves anything. But that's that's kind of uh, a, a few a few examples that might uh, spur some conversation. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Dave. That sounds like a really awesome initiative. Um... I was thinking, um, Kasson, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is so indicative of the kind of backbone behind the scenes work that needs to be done here to create these relationships that we need. And it's really critical. Also, one of the things that I love about what Loa is doing is working on these projects that can sort of become paragons and exemplaries of this work. There is a lot of, as we all know, scary stuff that happens in Web3 when you're a Web2 person or an unconnected person looking at it from the outside and you're just seeing things in the media and stuff like that. The nonprofit space, and I'll just say it frankly, as someone that's been in it for 20 years, the nonprofit space is xenophobic. It always has been. And that's not a bad thing. Nonprofits have to be skeptical of the outside world because that's how they steward their funds well. And that's how we, they make sure that when we give them money, they spend it in the right way and they're not victims of scams or investing in things that don't go anywhere. So we want them to be skeptics. But what that means is for us coming from this space where there's really very little transparency, as was just said, we need to do a really good job of handholding and onboarding to help them build trust to help them build understanding. And there's nothing that's going to do that better than having really solid examples of connections and projects that bridge that gap and that work. Go for it, Brian. Yeah, totally. Yeah, if I can chime in there, man, really love what you said, Kasson. You know, I've spent the um, the last uh, 10 years working with not-for-profits and cause-based organizations across uh, Australia and Oceania and Southeast Asia. And that's exactly right. I mean, they have to be beyond reproach. And so that skepticism is totally understood. One of the things that uh, we're doing at Low Labs that Dave didn't mention as well, and this is a bit of my remit, so he's probably leaving it for me to talk about, is launching a product studio within lower labs so if we think about product uh, as a you know as a triangle we have product marketing at the bottom which is the base and the most important part of the triangle um, which you know low labs has down well pat and then the next level is product development and then you have product management at the very top uh, so you know as a former head of product and leading and building a UX design and development agency um, one of the things that really interest me interested me in coming into this space and joining lower labs was actually trying to look at how how technology can help not-for-profits especially demonstrate impact. Because that's what blockchain technology really facilitates in my mind is impact. And over the last decade, you know, uh, that's the conversation that comes up again and again with all the not-for-profit partnerships I've had is how can we demonstrate impact so that we can raise more money, so that we can, you know, um, you know, a, a, attract more funds and then hire more scientists, like working with organizations like the Children's Medical Research Institute or the World Health Organization, you know, how can we demonstrate impact so that we can create a movement 
around you know what we're trying to get people to do and um, i feel like blockchain technology really facilitates that but in order to do that there's so much technical complexity there's regulatory complexity there's um there's cost and time restraints that you know not for profits which especially the bigger ones which have you know 100 plus year life cycles uh are you know they have old systems um and you know the idea of them being able to track a dollar from a donor to a cause they love it but the ability for them to implement that is very very difficult especially with the way that not-for-profits generally uh, act uh, they're they're highly monolithic and you know kind of siloed in teams usually especially ones that operate across borders so um yeah one of the things that we want to do this year we're launching our product studio is to help with product fit you know product market fit assessments looking at building mvps and actually working one-on-one -on -one with not-for-profits and cause-based organizations who are trying to break into this space and figure out how can blockchain technology be used to build a better world uh, and tapping into those thousands and thousands of multinational organizations out there would be great for us as a movement um, because they, right now we are building super niche products for super niche audiences. Uh, and, you know, the refi movement in and its, of itself is, you know, what, 10,000 people worldwide. Uh, and so we need to we need to bring everybody into these conversations and create opportunities for them to understand what the power is and the opportunity here is, but they need to understand the the downsides and the risks and, you know, what all of those things as well. I'll stop there. I feel like that's a perfect segue for Chauncey, because I know Angel Protocol has a lot of new things that we're trying to tap into when we're talking about um, Web3 technology in Web2 businesses. So Chauncey, I'd love to hear your um, what Angel Protocol is doing. Yeah, um, so it, I feel like Loa Labs and Angel are really very complementary organizations in a way because what's happened with Angel Protocol is when we were developing nonprofit endowments and a marketplace, I mean, our main mission was to basically give a free, freely accessible endowment uh, for any nonprofit in the world with no entry cost or friction so they could get an exposure to Web3 uh, see the benefits from it, and then continue to explore from there. Um, and as we were doing this, right, it involved building out a lot of, you know, what you would consider DeFi and Web3 primitives. So when organizations register, they get a native multi-sig, they have a uh, fundraising marketplace page where they can accept crypto or fiat, or we can also facilitate stock donations. Uh, and then the key differentiator, I would say, with Angel is that we actually let them grow those funds over time through a variety of different DeFi yield integrations with a particularly keen, uh, <clears throat> particularly keen focus on real-world assets. So uh, as we were building all this out, we realized that it would actually be quite applicable to a lot of other purposes. Uh, and so we started going down a direction of building a marketplace for impact investing and social entrepreneurs. Uh, but realized even that was somewhat limiting in terms of what we could do. Um, and what evolved organically was in talking to all these nonprofits and impact organizations, uh, we organically ended up in partnership discussions with a number of Web2 businesses looking to augment their, uh, their either service or product offering with Web3 technology. Um, so as you know, it went from one organization we were talking to, to three organizations, to six organizations, uh, we realized that it would probably be the most beneficial for us to offer up our tech to other businesses looking to utilize it. Uh, and in this way, uh, we can make sure that everything has an impact focus because any fees related to our tech stack go back to, or at least a portion of all those fees go back to nonprofits on Angel Protocol. So there's a certain element of corporate social uh, responsibility baked in at a smart contract and tokenomic level. Um, and then as we expand and continue to offer these services, uh, especially with a focus on impact tech, so like we're working with organizations like uh, Nibby in Columbia that's doing different types of fundraising for nonprofits in the area, uh, working with Thunder Fund in Africa, who's uh, doing a similar type of crowdfunding for both uh, nonprofits and um, entrepreneurs in the area. Uh, and then some more advanced stuff, like uh, working with a group called Tanya in Myanmar to basically build 
a protocol and governance around micro lending for small farmers in the area, allowing them to collateralize their assets and get loans that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. So really, we can do the most good and the most impact by taking this tech stack and opening it up for all of these other businesses doing different types of impact things. And in this way, we can really bring new people into the space, build a bridge for Web 2 to come to Web 3 in a safe, secure way with impact at the cornerstone. Yeah, that's that's really great. I, it flows perfectly to my next question, which is, what are some of the biggest challenges that the nonprofit sector and the refi space are facing right now? And how, um, I guess, like, what is your next step as an organization um, or, or as an activist? So I'll, I'll start with Cassin this time. What are some of the biggest challenges? The biggest challenges for NGOs coming into the refi space to offer what they have, offer their different real world impact as opportunities for investment or support. Is that the question? Correct. Yes. Trust, 100%. Like trust, just, just feeling like they're not being taken advantage of, feeling like what is happening is something they can understand. Um, being able to explain themselves in the language that Web3 is asking for and vice versa. There's, it, it's, it's sort of astounding to me how much of my job is really just translation. The two sectors speak very different languages. They have different meanings for terms. They have different understandings of the kinds of things they see as metrics of success, uh, different things for what, what is easy, what is hard. And um, it's it's very challenging because the two sectors don't think they speak different languages. They think they speak the same language. So there's a lot of miscommunication. And just being able to create ways to manage that in an understandable way so the nonprofit feels supported and like it can grow into this new field that it doesn't understand and bring what it can to the space, that for me is definitely the number one challenge. I have a thought here. I mean... Uh... 100% and uh, with uh, agree with uh, Kasson, you know, I think another area that's um, uh, that requires attention is is just funding to explore um, the, you know, nonprofits are inherently uh, behind the economic or the technology curve almost uh, always. Um, they're always uh, usually or I'd say many are reticent to innovate. Um, because there's there's really not a lot of upside to risk. Testing, testing. Is this working? <laughs> I can hear you, Chelsea. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody else can hear though. Like, uh. Hey, I can. Hello. Hey. I can. Uh, yeah, I can hear everybody, but it oh. cut out for like half of Dave oh. talking. I think. You're right. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to. Okay. Unrugged. One more time with feeling, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I need a. I need a co-host though, because if this rugs again, I don't want to lose the entire space. Yeah, so... Send me another invite. Okay. Hello. Can y'all still hear me now? You are good. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Dave was spitting fire. We're in the same room as well, so I could hear him. But uh, I wasn't aware that no one else could hear him. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, uh, so we've got a co-host now. Um, so I think he's going to jump out and come back in. Um, but ultimately, what Dave was talking about is that we uh, we we really need to uh, be funding exploration. Uh, I think that's the thing, right? Is we need to collectively we need to find a way to create pools of funds for exploring application of this. Um, not for profits. I'm not sure the ones that are actually going to be able to fund this. I mean, they, at least in my experience, they're looking for maximum value at lowest investment because anything they spend on infrastructure you know, usually takes away from their ability to spend on impact. Um, so I think that's one of the things that Dave was talking about. And he's right back into this space. So let's see if he's reconnected. Dave, you want to pick it back up there? Can you hear again? Yeah, I mean, basically you were summarized, you know, we nonprofits aren't going to explore unless we make it easy for them. Let's just be realistic. Um, so pulling together a consortium of funders and probably getting to the foundation sector, you know, again, which can be really slow and conservative, 
Uh, but there are some innovation found innovative foundations to create a pool of money, uh, you know, with very specific use case of onboarding Web3 tooling again and, and sell it as blockchain and, and, and the best accounting tool possible, you know, or, you know, in very plain speak versus crypto and, you know, scams and all the other stuff that it gets associated with on a language level. And I think we could make some pretty cool headway. And I'd love to hear more about uh, what, you know, where angels coming at it or casting or what you're seeing out there as far as um, beyond the trust, uh, you know, what is the practical movement building model for bringing Web3 tooling into the nonprofit sector that is very conservative and reticent to adopt new technology? I think you put your finger on it. Uh, just just to sort of put this, what you just said in the lens of what I was saying earlier, like this is a really good example of those cultural differences between the two sectors that we need to address. The conventional nonprofit world very much has what we could say sort of disparagingly call a scarcity mentality. And I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. Again, this is good. It's good that, that they think this way because it means they're trying to get every bit of value and impact out of every dollar they get. The problem is Web3 doesn't think that way. Web3 isn't really built from a scarcity mentality. It's built much more from sort of what we would call an abundance mentality, where you have groups and startups that tend to have a lot of capital to throw around. You have individuals that are thinking about all the possibilities and ways to innovate and grow. And that's really positive. But when you try to use that language to invite an NGO into your space, and they're used to thinking about how can we ensure that we do the most good possible without taking unnecessary risk, you have a problem. And it's a cultural problem. So finding ways, as was just said, finding ways to allow NGOs to move into this space in a manner that doesn't create any sort of risk for their operations, right? So they don't have to take the, the $50,000 that they were going to spend on X and move it into a Web3 experiment instead, but rather they can get those resources in a way that they could not use for anything else. That's going to be the key. Absolutely. I feel like unrestricted funding is a huge element. And um, also, again, I would just highlight making it a completely frictionless experience, right? So it's scary for them. Um, they, you can't go to a nonprofit and tell them, hey, you know, give me thousands of dollars to set up a fundraising site for you and let you accept crypto donations. Like they're not, they're not going to take that leap, right? Or the ones that that would are the ones who already have the financial resources available. And that's not really the main group that we're looking to benefit here. So with that, I mean, I think it's key to give nonprofits a way to experience the space where they don't have to risk anything. Um, they don't have to pay anything up front. Uh, they can try it out, see how they like it. Um, and from there, you know, it becomes word of mouth as more nonprofits join, more trust is developed. Um, and we touched on trust a little earlier in the space. And there, there's a great quote that I'm sure most of the people here are familiar with that um, change moves at the speed of trust. So the more nonprofits we get in the system, the more we can show them this is a way that can directly benefit them, give them financial sustainability that wasn't previously attainable for them. Um, I think that naturally there will be a tipping point there where more and more start flooding into the space. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting, you know, just even structurally, you know, again, think of it to all of you who have been in a nonprofit, right? You're, you're essentially, you know, they were DAOs before they were DAOs, right? They're, they're the, uh, some maybe contemporary OG DAOs, you know, where there's, you're paying, you know, you buy in, you're essentially paying dues, you get a membership card. You're in a social club, you have exclusive access to things, you know, and you're, you know, you're looking for results, right? You're looking for impact. You may not even get, at least in a nonprofit sector, you're almost guaranteeing you're not getting a return of finances, but you're getting a return of like investment in your moral or ecological or human values. Uh, and, and that has sustained a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar you know, NGO industry for a long, long time. Now, you know, add on some more sophisticated technology tools that allow, you know, uh, more microtransactions, allow more, you know, uh, utilize NFTs for some more innovative uh, opportunities, creating impact bonds and, um, and markets around uh, delivery of social or uh, other impacts, um, starting to, uh, you know, being able to, you know, front load and pay for um, progress, you know, along a progress bar based on how you set up uh, said funding, 
I mean, there's just like the, the potential uses of Web3 tooling to upend how we think about underwriting and rewarding uh, improvement in basic human life, uh, you know, uh, improvement of life are really endless. And, you know, yet we're early days, we're all pioneering to some degree, and we're just trying to make, you know, heads of tails on any given day in a very developer focused community. But, you know, as soon as we get beyond um, these early days where when we're into no code, we're into, um, you know, not, you know, sync, you know, living at the whim of like, can you, you know, set up your own wallet and hold your private keys and pick up a ledger, there's going to be a massive, massive shift that occurs. And, you know, how we influence that from the design level right now and some of the patterns we set, and even as we think about governance, in, in that community, I think are just massive opportunities that from a think tank perspective um, are should be like ripe spaces for universities and 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 also cross chain the groups like Angel to step in and, and show leadership. Thanks so much, Dave. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the um, people that I deal with are, especially with the Angel Alliance. They're all Web3 projects, or for the most part, Web2, but they're even the Web2 projects we deal with know about crypto. Um, so it's easy to talk to them. What the difficult part is getting the nonprofits to, you know, you don't want to sound scammy because you, you, you know, you say you have a thousand dollars, someone wants to donate here, do this, this, this. So the challenges for that have become more so just being persistent but also like working with people like Chauncey and Kasson who have those relationships already and you have a personal in um, is just huge. So like you said, we're very early in the space, like to begin with, um, but then also having Web3 um, giving to nonprofits is also very early. So I wanted to ask one question um, to, I guess, to everyone here. So uh, starting with Dave, you you mentioned the Global South Initiative. Can you say a little bit more about that? And then for everyone else, like what's an initiative right now that you're working on that you're super excited about that um, maybe you're bringing Web3 Tech to? Yeah, happy to keep it brief. Uh, led by Pranav Khanna, our Director of Strategic Initiatives at Loa Labs. Uh, it's an effort at least in the regenerative finance space. And again, we're, I think, speaking more broadly around uh, you know, non-ecological uh, impact discussion here, which I appreciate. But this one is uh, focused on, uh, you know, acknowledging that the impact of climate change is um, disproportionately affecting the global south. I mean, it, it's just, you know, the less they have uh, less sophisticated at, and in some places, at least infrastructure, uh, the weather uh, related weather patterns from climate change, the supply chain disruptions. You know, name your issue, the global south is getting absolutely hammered by the climate crisis, yet the resourcing and decisions are happening in the global north. Um, and, and that, you know, and we've seen this right broader in almost all impact movements, you know, that are often get dominated by the global north. Uh, decision makers are, are often, you know, uh, run by folks uh, who have uh, privilege and existing power that they hold on to. And even with the best intentions are not making the best decisions to build a comprehensive global uh, climate change movement in this case. So uh, Refi by South aims to uh, address some of that, um, primarily through elevating the entrepreneurs, uh, the impact maker, uh, impact change makers uh, in the global South, uh, connecting them to uh, global North resources and um, power tables, uh, being able to elevate their business models and consult them on uh, becoming, um, yeah, t taking control of their destiny and giving them the tools and resources to succeed in the culture, style, time zones, and language of the Global South, uh, just to put a pin on it. Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll jump in. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're good, Brian. Yeah, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so, uh, man, I've got to plug Refi by South as well, um, but I'll I'll be more brief on that because there's one other thing I want to talk about. But definitely, some of the things that uh, Dave has touched on is really important for you know 
For the South, uh, Global North countries have historically been responsible for the degradation of our planet, yet we expect the Global South to take the same level of responsibilities. That's not quite right. Uh, countries in the Global South may have the smallest footprint, uh, carbon-wise, carbon but they're at the forefront of climate change. They're the ones that are going to experience the most impact the soonest. Uh, colonialism is a historic and ongoing driver of the climate crisis. Uh, so, you know, to tackle the climate crisis, decolonization is key, and by South is about creating ambassadors within these countries that can create in-culture, in-language collaboration uh, that is to, you know, furthering regenerative finance and regenerative practices in communities. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the day, the Global South has the power to force radical climate action because, as Dave mentioned, these are voices that are not often at the table. And, you know, the Refi by South movement ideally is a uh, avenue for those voices to be heard collectively and have a seat at the table. So I just want to plug that because I do think that it's one of the most important things that we're doing at Low Labs and really grateful for the leadership that we have in our colleague Pranav, uh, bringing that bringing that to forefront. Um, just want to plug the Refi Gokarna uh, and the Green Pill Festival that's happening, uh, I think this quarter, or maybe it's next quarter uh, in India, and that'll be really great. And then the Refi India Summit later this year will happen as well. Um, so outside of that, you know, one of the things that we're working on is improving our, uh, how we show up uh, in the independent validator space. Um, so you, your question is, um, you know, where are we applying Web3 technology uh, that we're excited about? And um, for us, it's creating tools for independent validators. Um, again, I think that this is, uh, you know, right now, if you look at the way proof of stake networks are run, there's usually a lot of really big validators um, that, that have been really great at marketing uh, and they can pull in, you know, the big whale delegations uh, because of the reputation, but they're not necessarily pushing out as much public good and infrastructure as they could um, with the funds that they're gathering. So for us to be a self-sustaining movement, um, we need to be as validators creating uh, tools and improvements of the protocols that we're validating for. Um, so that's another really big one that we're excited about. Uh, so I'll just leave it there. Thanks, Brian. Um, Chauncey, you want to go next? And if he can't, Kasten, would you mind? Sure. Uh there, there are so many things that I'm excited about in this space, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to to have at least a, a tiny part in a few of them, and I get to, to work with some really amazing people that are pushing these things forward. Um, I already mentioned Coral Tribe. I think it's 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 important. I think it's exciting. Um, but I'll let that go for now. I think, um, man, I, there it's so hard to choose. I'm actually gonna. <laughs> this is funny coming from me, and and some people that are listening now probably will realize this but i'm actually going to plug regen um look i'm a carbon market skeptic i have been for a long time i i speak about it publicly there's there are people listening right now that have heard me stand up in a room somewhere and be like i don't think the carbon market's going to save the planet and i don't i i don't but one of the reasons i think it isn't is because it's broken and what is happening at Regen is really interesting and really important. And one of the things that I really like about what they're doing is they're actively striving to decentralize the governance to people and organizations that think like me, to people that are skeptical and independent. So if they get enough people like that running the nodes and participating in the democracy, it gives them this really amazing sort of like ethical and ideological redundancy in in the process and i think that's really interesting um one of the one of the criticisms that i and many others have about the carbon market is it's dominated by people that are trying to make money off the carbon market and uh that's a problem that's a problem if we want it to work well and to have the the world be its its primary metric of success rather than people financially succeeding it needs to be both so uh yeah you, you've heard it here first probably you're gonna hear it last i'm plugging a carbon market platform um, and now I'm going to stop talking. Uh, thanks, Kasten. Um, Chauncey, this are is, you... This is being recorded. I just want to make sure. Oh, my God. I totally didn't even remember that. <laughs> nobody can tell, nobody can tell Greg I just said this. Uh, I, that's right. I'm, I'm already DMing. Too late, bro. <laughs> uh, Chauncey, are you back? Uh, can you share one thing that Angel Protocol... Uh, well, 
I guess, one thing, maybe more um, that you're excited about? Oh, so many things. Um, so with Angel Protocol, I mean, again, our original mission was to democratize access to opportunity. And I feel like there's so much potential in this space and it's just very impenetrable to outsiders still. So what I'm excited about is really helping drive an infrastructure improvement for philanthropy as a whole. Because uh, when we think about inequality, when we think about poverty traps uh, and widening wealth gaps, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that the nonprofit industry is really some of the most vulnerable to that, right? If you have a form in front of you and you're being asked to donate to an organization and there's 10 names there, most people are going to donate to the name they recognize. And it has this really um, subversive effect where the big nonprofits get most of the funding. They become very large and some would say bloated and inefficient. Uh, and then the organizations that are actually on the ground that know the local struggles don't get the funding they need. And part of the reason they don't get the funding they need is because people perceive nonprofits as inefficient. They see stats around like how much money going to the Red Cross actually makes it to the Red Cross. I'm not picking on Red Cross. I think they're a great organization, but it's just the nature of the beast, right? I used to work for GE. I understand how inefficient bureaucracy can be. When an organization gets to a certain size, there are necessary inefficiencies that enter that picture. So you end up with this really, really perverted kind of situation where large organizations get most of the funding, and then there's a blowback effect on the rest of the organizations because people perceive philanthropy as ineffective or inefficient. Uh, and a lot of this is due to these structural wealth gaps where smaller organizations don't have access to the tooling they need to succeed. They don't, they don't have the resources to be able to manage their resources. Uh, and I feel like there's a lot of people just in everyday life who can relate to this, right? When, <laughs> when you're not able to afford a house or a mortgage and you have to work paycheck to paycheck just to try and do that, you end up to what Kasson referred to earlier in a scarcity mindset, right? And it's not something you're choosing. It's something that's forced upon you because you're fighting for survival every day. And it's so hard to get just simple access to the same types of infrastructure that large organizations enjoy quite easily, right? Like to, to not have any type of savings investment account for your organization would seem like insanity outside the nonprofit world. Yet in the nonprofit world, uh, only one in nine nonprofits have access to an endowment. Uh, the majority of them have less than 30 days of operating reserves. And yet 650 billion, uh, really quite more, is being donated every year. So you have this leaky bucket donation problem. The money tends to all kind of condense at the top and doesn't really trickle down to the smaller organizations. Uh, and a lot of these are failings of our traditional institutions and, and uh, infrastructure. Uh, and that's where Web3 is truly transformative, right? Like people are always asking, what is the real purpose and benefit of Web3? Why Web3? Uh, well, it goes back to what we said with trust, right? If, uh, if <laughs> change moves at the speed of trust and you now have trustless smart contracts that can be open, uh, immutable, um, you don't have to rely on intermediaries. And again, you know, nonprofit philanthropy rife with these intermediaries, these middlemen who sit in the middle and extract value at every turn. Uh, so to be able to directly open up that relationship between donors and nonprofits, um, remove all those middlemen fees, uh, remove global barriers, global wiring issues, uh, and make that accessible and just free that uh, transfer of value, I think that is really going to be transformative for the philanthropy space as a whole. Um, and so that's what I'm most excited about. I will share one thing as well from the Angel Alliance. Um, I threw a few links up in the nest, as I like to call it, up in the top. You can scroll through and click to different tweets. Um, but one of those in there um, is a project um, that I was introduced to, it's an NFT collection um, called the Space Ape Society and their sub-community, the Crown Space Apes. Um, and they had a charity mint um, back in November. And they said, hey, is there a need? Has someone reached out to you? Do they need some funds? And it just so happened that 
like, I think it was the same week that we got um, a request from the Yamba Hearts of Uganda, a school for women empowering empowerment, um, helping them learn and educate themselves. And I was like, yeah, we, we got this. They were like, this is amazing. We want to give 100% of the proceeds to Yamba Hearts. So it happened. It minted out in two minutes. And we were able to build in like an entire room, a school, a roof. Um, we have plans to connect with the students that are going to be going there starting in a few weeks. They're going to be recreating the NFT collection. And we're going to be reminting those on Stargaze for the students. So it's just a very beautiful story of how Web3 is truly making an impact around the world. And it's it's mostly because projects come to me and say, we want to do something. Like despite the market being in the tank right now and people not spending as much money or not having as much money to throw around in Web3, um, there's still people and projects out there that are saying like, we want to still donate. We want to make a difference because we're seeing the value um, and the community is able to get behind it as well. Like we've had Zoom calls and um, I just had a random call with uh, one of the men from uh, Uganda yesterday who ha- accidentally called me. And he's like, I don't know what happened. I accidentally called you. But like just having that relationship with someone I have absolutely like I've never met them before. Um, we just connect and it's it's great to connect those two worlds. Um, so that's been a really beautiful thing. Um I know the Space Ape Society just did another mint and they're planning on donating more. So please stay tuned for that. But it's just super exciting to be working in a space where, um, you know, you're you're in the Web3 world, but also having an impact um, in the nonprofit space. So um, moving on to one of my last few questions. Um, how do you plan to educate the masses? I'll start with uh, Chauncey. Uh, it's a great question. And I think that um, the tactic we're taking is trying to lead by example, right? Uh, and a lot of just direct handholding. So I think that we're going to see this progression where as the space is still relatively immature, relatively new, scary for nonprofits, um, there's going to need to be handholding, right? Uh, and that's where we usually get on calls with a lot of these nonprofits, talk them through um, it is possible for nonprofits to register completely touchless. They can go, you know, walk, go through the registration process, set up their endowment, have it all going without us ever interacting with them. Uh, but realistically, that's not going to be the main path for for quite some time here, uh, because you need to build up that comfort level. And so for us, it's just very direct, hands on. You know, frankly, doing things that don't scale. Uh, you know, spending time with each of these nonprofits, walking through their their worries, their fears, helping assure them, um, and then showing them and letting them experience from a firsthand perspective. Because I think we can all relate to the fact that we don't really learn, we don't really understand something or get over our fear of something until we're able to interact with it directly. Uh, so I think opening up those avenues where, you know, in a safe way, they can interact, they can get that exposure without having to risk anything up front on their end. Um, I think that will be big in terms of uh, starting to educate the masses through direct experience. Yep, I'll take this one on behalf of the labs, noting that we've got just a few more minutes. Um, yeah, I think Chauncey, really, really great points that, um, you know, it's going to be about handholding, but at the same time, you know, that's probably for us, we're taking a really pragmatic approach and understanding that there's going to be very few, uh, like we're not ready for the masses yet. There's going to be very few organizations that are willing to invest the time and money and, and people uh, into exploring blockchain for their application. And we want to really focus on, on those organizations and helping them on board so that we can build a pool of public goods, which then creates a kind of a flywheel for other not-for-profits to come on board. Um, I think that there's, um, you know, there's got to be some really targeted conversations to be had. 
so we're spending a lot of our time doing um, like thought leadership and education. Uh, we're going to launch our new website in the next two weeks, and we're doing a whole series that'll probably be a hundred blogs or so that I'm writing myself on, uh, you know, different topics within what we consider to be uh, better world blockchains. We have 10 to 15 different pillars, uh, and ideally, uh, when people are at that you know zero moment of truth and they're curious about it, they come across us, and then we can do exactly as Chauncey said, we can handhold and have conversations about uh, and explore what might be relevant for them uh, because so little of what we're doing in web 3 is accessible and it's not you know it's not our fault uh, but we have a long way to go as an industry to helping you know crypto web 3 blockchain feel accessible we have such bad user experience uh, that uh, until that gets resolved it's just going to be uh, you know very inaccessible for most people. Uh, they're just not going to have the time, energy, or interest to actually navigate all the hoops that we make people jump through in order to use this really like transformative technology. Thanks, Brian. Kasten, um, yeah, what is what are your plans to educate the masses in your world? Well, I, I really appreciate everything that's been said all already, and I agree with all of it. I guess. I, I've come to this space that we're all sharing today. I don't mean this Twitter space, but I guess I sort of do, but like this this interstitial space between Web3 and real world impact. I've come to it from a different direction than most of the other people that are in it now. Most people that I encounter that are working on this are from Web3. There are very few of us that have come here from nonprofits. There are a few of us, but but not not enough. And so while I spend a lot of time talking about how Web3 needs to do a better job to enroll nonprofits and nonprofits are rightly xenophobic and need to be supported. And I agree with all, you know, I mean, I really do believe all that. Um, nonprofits need to do a better job too. And as someone coming from that space, that's really what, what I need to work on is sort of pushing them uh, and helping them take risks as someone who comes from that space. I and, and other people like me that are here, we have a pedigree from the nonprofit world and we need to use that more effectively. I think it's it's a lot easier. One of the one of the advantages I have doing my job is when I talk to people, I say, I've been in nonprofits for 20 years. I've been in the trenches with you guys. I understand how nonprofits work um, and I can help you decipher what's happening. And we need to do more of that. People that are in nonprofits need to stand up and say, hey, I sort of get Web3. I have some crypto. I have a ledger. I've been investing since 2018, whatever. Help, like, help your nonprofit take these steps. It can't just be Web3 casting these, these ropes to try to pull nonprofits across the bridge. The bridge needs to be built from both sides. So, so that's, I think, an area where I'm going to be focusing a lot. Yeah, that's a great point, Kasten. Um, all right, so... We are right about at the top of the hour, but I want to ask, um, how can people get involved? Are you looking for partners? Are you looking for people to hire on? Um, yeah, take it whatever way you want. I, <laughs> Starting I'm happy with to, Yeah, I'm happy to jump in. Thank, yeah, just want to close and just expressing our gratitude to Angel Alliance and Angel Protocol. Really appreciate you just holding this space. Uh, uh, shout out to the Juno community, um, who's also um, uh, holding space in a way for Angel at the moment. Uh, Low Labs is a proud validator there. So uh, one way you can always support us um, is you can delegate to us. Uh, it's just a small way um, that you can support us um, in our operations. Uh, so that could be on Regen or Juno, Quicksilver, um, Kive coming up, uh, X, you know, anyhow, Number, Gravity Bridge, Star, Stargaze. Um, but also, I just say generally, um, you know, one of the core things that we're doing is um, we're trying to create uh, the most exciting environment, uh, also known as a company, uh, for builders to come build uh, and to make impact. Um, the, really, the, the product of Loa Labs are the people um, that choose to work here. Uh, and, you know, uh, we, we're spending a lot of time in infrastructure build internally and systems. Uh, resourcing and networks such that uh, people who are kicking ass um, and need a home in Web3 um, at the intersection of impact and crypto and climate and, you know, social uh, work are have a place where they can um, set up shop and, um, and find a, a welcoming space uh, that is just going to honor 
yeah, honor us that we're, you know, this is a, a, sh a short journey we have in this life together. And we spend a lot of it working and we uh, are trying to build a team and a culture that is uh, just deeply exciting to work with. And we know that the products and the um, systems and that we're going to change as a result of that will be fantastic and beautiful. And we don't need to know what they are today. So a uh, small plug, uh, if you are interested, you're a change maker, impact maker, come find us and let's, uh, let's build you a home. I love it. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, Chauncey, anything? How can people find us? Yeah. So, uh, Angel, do we want to drop some alpha or not? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can find us at angelprotocol.io. Um, there is quite a bit of alpha coming this month. So we're, we're going through a bit of a, a rebrand. So you're going to be seeing a new website up there soon. Uh, just to the point I was speaking about earlier regarding uh, trying to provide uh, tailored Web3 Rails to Web2 businesses. Um, so the main Angel Protocol site is really going to focus on that aspect. Uh, and we're going to be launching angel.giving pretty soon, which will uh, really focus purely on the nonprofits and endowments and showing the impact that can be done in this space. Um, so very excited for all of that. Uh, there is more alpha that I'm going to hold in reserve for now. Um, but I mean, I'm just... I'm so excited and enthused, like just this group uh, talking today. It's amazing to see so many, obviously, you know, intelligent, passionate people that see the potential of the space and, and how it can change in the future. Um, and so it gives me a lot of hope. And so I just want to thank everyone for being here with us today. It's, it's been a really, especially great spaces. Um, Brian or Kasten, any last words? Yeah, I'll chime in and just uh, express gratitude, uh, as Dave did. Thank you so much for hosting this space. Uh, I think Dave covered everything from the Low Lab side, uh, but I just want to say thanks for being a great host. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I love conversations like this. Uh, people who are passionate about, um, you know, giving back and making a difference in the world. And I, I say this a lot, but people are passionate about what other people are passionate about. So getting a room full of people who are really passionate is going to like, we're going to make shockwaves. So um, really appreciate all of you stepping up today to talk about your projects. And um, hopefully we can just continue to make a, a really big difference. Um, I was, I'm going to leave it open for like a minute. If anyone from the audience would like to raise their hand or come up and ask a question, um, please do so now. And if I don't get any hands, then I will end the space and everyone can enjoy their the rest of their evenings. I don't see any hands. So um, thank you all. And um, yeah, everyone in the audience, give Loa Labs, Angel, Kasson, Chauncey, Dave, Brian, and myself a follow on Twitter. And yeah, just stay up, stay following with what they're doing. Um, yeah, I'd appreciate it. We'll have to do another one of these spaces soon. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you. Be well. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Angel Alliance and Angel Protocol talking social impact with LOA Labs. Recorded on Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy
always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Over shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastise into digging holes in the back nine The latest proof ain't a way to move Chase a view, just a bunch of pecker heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Thank <laughs> you.